These are the facts. The world is in trouble, but we're going to straighten it out. We are going to build the wall, okay? Don't worry. America first. Together, we will make America great again. That's what I do. I fix things. We're going to straighten it out unprecedented. Our weekly look at the White House with White House watcher Adrian Collins who joins me. Adrian, welcome. Thanks very much, George. Uh, what was the big news this week, do you think, from Trump? Healthcare. You nicknamed me Healthcare Collins and here we are again. It's interesting. What's your take? I think mine might be slightly different. The big issue was that the whole healthcare bill that they had put forward, which we went through two weeks in a row, we said this is a bad bill for everybody who voted for Trump. It's realistically not going to pass. They ended up making the decision that it wasn't going to pass. So they dropped it before it went to the floor to kind of embarrass Trump and to embarrass Ryan by showing that they didn't have the support for this bill. Now, it was not helped by the fact that it was polling publicly at about 17% approval. So people who knew what was in it, Donald Trump is not among those people who knew what was in it. But the big headline that came out of it, even Fox News was talking about this, was this was a big big tax cut for rich people and that was the reason that it's failed. Yeah, but the other thing about it is Obamacare costs about a trillion dollars. The Trump care would have saved a trillion dollars, which he then, I suspect, in his mental budget, had spent that trillion dollars somewhere else. Now, he doesn't have that because it's back into Obamacare. So that will have knock-on effects on the ongoing Trump economy. So there's also where we have to watch. But I think he's got bigger problems coming up because the stock exchange, I know the stock exchange, which you're kind of liberal socialist. Um, Stock exchange isn't something you watch every morning. But the interesting thing, for the first time since November, the stocks are beginning to think he may not get his tax cuts through and his stimulus packages through and so on because he couldn't get Obamacare through. So it's it's got much more far-reaching effects than quite simply not getting his... his, uh, his repeal through. Well, one of the big things is he came in in November as a businessman who can get things done. I can fix it. That was the big line that he had. That has been shown to not be the way to run a government. And he's learning that a government is not a business. There are a lot of things that a government will do that don't make money straight off the bat because they have to be done. And there are a lot of things that a government will do that are unlike a business. And he can't just give out dictates and say, you have to do this, you have to do this. He's also learning that the people he needs to negotiate with don't work for him. He thinks they do. He is not the boss of them. He is the president, but he is not their boss. The people who they have to answer to are the people in their district. And those are the people who are angry. Those are the people who called their congressman. Those are the people who went to the town halls and said, do not take my health care away. So when he went to the far right of the party, they said, we don't think this goes far enough. And he couldn't give them anything because he left. The, he would leave those people who were more liberal or who had pressure from their district not to lose their health care. He would lose their votes. So he was stuck in the middle. And now he's learning that it's politics, not business. The other thing about all this is Donald Trump, famously, his line on The Apprentice was, you're fired and somebody's going to have to pay the price. On Sunday, he tweeted out that everybody should tune in to Judge Jeanine Pirro on Fox News because something great was going to happen. And she opened her show with essentially a diatribe against Paul Ryan saying that he has to get the sack. So here's what she said. Paul Ryan needs to step down as Speaker of the House. The reason? 
He failed to deliver the votes on his health care bill, the one trumpeted to repeal and replace Obamacare, the one that he had seven years to work on, the one he hid under lock and key in the basement of Congress. Now, I certainly have not spoken with the president about any of this, but I can only imagine that he and his aides took on health care because they believed you had his back and you didn't. Ryan has hurt you going forward and he's got to go. Okay, now explain something to me. Okay. I still can't get my head around Russia. Because I don't believe that the you know the president of the U.S., whoever he might be, is in cahoots with the Russians. That's the stuff of a, you know fiction. Where are we? Because every day now is a Russian story. Yeah. Well, we sat here last week and we talked about Jim Comey, who was the director of the FBI, sitting in in a hearing and having to essentially fact check Donald Trump's tweets about the Russia investigation. And what Comey actually said in that investigation was or in that hearing was, yes, we are looking at interactions between Trump's camp and Russian agents, Russian actors. And that's why there may have been these claims about wiretapping. What happened this week is the head of that committee, the head, the, the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, is a Republican, he piled pressure on himself and he piled pressure on Trump by basically going about everything the wrong way. In wasting time trying to prove these allegations that Obama had ordered a wiretap against Donald Trump, he went to the White House to get information, he claims. The kind of timeline is, last Monday, Comey was sitting down talking about this. Tuesday, Nunes was missing. People didn't want to know where he was. He was actually in the White House. Wednesday, same thing. Suspicion is there that he conferred with the people in the White House about what's going on here, the people he's supposed to be investigating, and then came out and had a press conference about it before telling the other members of the committee. Now, these committees are bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats sit on these committees. The way things are supposed to be done is, if you have new information, you go to the committee and you tell the committee about it. This angered everyone. This angered the ranking Democrat on the committee who said that he needs to go. This angered Mitch McConnell. This angered even like MSNBC, conservative commentators. The New York Times wrote a whole editorial about why he has to go and he can't be in charge of this committee anymore. What happens if he goes is it's now an independent. It's a special prosecutor. That is the last thing that Trump wants. Because special prosecutors are the bane of president's lives, Mm. witness Clinton and witness Nixon. So if there's a special prosecutor involved, you can, I mean, part of Clinton's presidency and almost the second term of Nixon's presidency were spent fighting off the special prosecutor rather than actually going about the job of president. Exactly. So, I mean, here's Trump a number of months in and he could be doing it for the next all but four years. We're two, two and a half months into his presidency. We're March now, realistically. He's already had two big things fail for him. The executive order on travel, i.e., the travel ban, that failed twice. And now he's had healthcare fail. And now he's under investigation from Russia. So the other knock-on effect of this is the Democrats have decided they're actually going to filibuster. They're not going to stand and let him appoint a Supreme Court justice under a very clear dictate that you're under investigation from Russia. We can't give you a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. That doesn't make any sense. But also, one of the other things is all these calls for for Nunes to go and for a special prosecutor to go or to come in are so much more complicated because the person who should appoint a special prosecutor is Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself from investigations over ties to Russia. So it's all coming around and around and Russia is involved at every corner. 
One of the things is you spend every waking moment, happily for me, studying the White House. The vast proportion of people listening to us here don't spend every moment studying the White House. So they're trying to get, even someone like me, is trying to get my head around Russia, the travel ban, the health care. Travel ban is now interesting because there are now 12 attorneys general around America planning to have some kind of action against travel ban. <clears throat> so it looks as if travel ban number two could be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Now, there is the first 100 days in ver- in an American presidency um, where at the end of 100 days there's a fairly critical look at how he's doing and an assessment. doesn't mean Lapis is going to be there for years, but the tradition of the first 100 days is important in America. The first 100 days of this presidency may be unparalleled since George Washington. I think so. One thing we mentioned last week was that this is this is chaos – and you said you didn't, you didn't think the chaos would go on this long. We're nearly 70 days in at this stage, or we're, we're around 70 days in. And it has been unmitigated chaos. A lot of it created by the Trump camp themselves for 70 full days. One part of this is, if Russia were involved in the election, I think the intelligence community is fairly sure that they were, has come out and said, in fact, that they were involved in trying to influence the outcome of the election. It wasn't necessarily that they wanted Donald Trump in the White House so Putin could dance him around like a puppet. They just didn't want Hillary Clinton in. And the main goal of this was to create chaos. Trump creates chaos by jumping on Twitter, by having six people in the White House who don't know what they're doing, all around him who are who are yes men or people who are not going to do things the way they're supposed to be done. And this was Putin's end goal, was to create chaos. There is a large-scale questioning of the famous checks and balances of all the institutions. You mentioned a couple of times in the course of this podcast that the White House is supposed to be a civilizing influence. It's not if everybody around you is a Goldman Sachs banker and the head of a right-wing website and all this type of stuff. The fact that people are now questioning everything that Trump does and that there are leaks coming out because there's no process, the chaos is what Putin wanted because he can now point to the United States and say, look, they don't have their stuff together uh, either. You see, the thing now is that I have an innate belief in democracy, I must say. And that's why I'm not a socialist, because I don't think socialism necessarily leads to the kind of democracy I want. But therefore, I'm a huge fan of America. And I'm a huge fan of the United Kingdom, because I believe we wouldn't be around if they weren't standing between us and the bad guys. But what, what I... So therefore, my faith in the White House, not the inhabitant of the White House, but the My faith in the White House was huge. Therefore, I thought that even somebody like Trump who would go into the White House, you said it, my phrase, the civilizing influence of the White House. It seems totally absent. I could not have remotely imagined that 70 days in, this is where we would be in a Trump presidency. And... There's a possibility of impeachment, although I think that's long range. Mm. But I think there actually is a possibility to walk away. He came into the the whole thing on the civilizing effect. Michelle Obama at the DNC in 2012, she got up on stage and she said, power doesn't change who you are, it reveals who you are. And I think that's what we're finding with the first 
Trump presidency or the first 70, 100 days of the Trump presidency. He I is, remember that phrase, in fact, mm-hmm. and I hadn't remembered it until you said it. But it's a very important phrase, in fact, um, that what the, the, the Trump of the campaign, the 18 months approximately of the campaign, and the Trump now has got the job that he wanted. And he now, he now, you see, the thing about being president or Taoiseach or prime minister or whatever it happens to be, you are the leader of the people who voted for you and you are the leader of the people who haven't voted for you. You're, you're a leader for everybody. Now, it's becoming increasingly moot as to who he is the leader for. I, I mean, it's not even, I'm not even sure anymore that he is the leader for the people that voted for him. You see, the other thing is, when, when people listen to me and they send in texts to the program and everything, you have to understand me too, where I'm coming from. And part of the reason why I was in a tiny minority who said that Trump would be elected. The reason for that was I knew America. I knew middle America. I knew people in America. Now, in my head, I haven't been back there since the election, but in my head, I'm thinking of those people I know. I'm thinking of the kind of people I know in middle America who whose hopes were vested in Trump, whose, whose jobs had, had disappeared, whose life had disappeared. I mean, the the American life of, of the middle of America is fast disappearing. That is white, hardworking, but not rich people. Right? Mm. That, was, that, was, that was tens of millions of people in America. And that, was, that part of America was disappearing. And they saw it going, and they said, he can bring it back. Now, maybe that was... Maybe they and me had had that failed aspiration. But I think after 70 days, they're probably thinking, you know, this isn't going to happen. The guy who says, I'm going to build a wall. The guy who says, I can get things done. The guy who says, uh, I will repeal Obamacare. He hasn't got a win yet. Like, he must get a win. And I don't know where the win is. I, I don't know whether the appointment of the Supreme Court's a win. I don't know whether they're getting out of jail. And it could be <laughs> jail in relation to the Russians is concerned. I don't know where he's got a win. The win that he's hoping to get is going to be tax. But he can't. we've seen with the health care bill that he there's not a single Democrat that's going to support anything that they put through. And there's also something coming down the road. In, in the middle of April, towards the end of April, the American government officially runs out of money. Now, they have to essentially, the House will have to say, it's okay, let's just keep spending until we can have a debate about this. This is the motion they'll have to put forward. The House Freedom Caucus, which is the people who essentially brought down this bill, the, the health care bill, they're the, to the far right of the Republicans. They're probably not going to support that. He can't go back to the Democrats and say, I know I called you fake tears, Schumer. I know I called you loser, Pelosi. But would you mind supporting me on this so that we can keep the country running? Now, the Democrats might do it because they have this kind of, we're the party that does things the right way. But the Republicans wouldn't do it for them during the government shutdown under Obama's first reign. So he does not have enough support Either with the he's made no efforts to go back to the Democrats, he's made no efforts to go back to uh, the people that he supports. He doesn't have any political capital left, right, or center to do anything. And like you were saying, the people who voted for him are not even sure anymore that he's the person that they elected. That he, okay, now Adrian, I I think there's now a concern for us, you know, 
Um, there's another concern for us now that unprecedented that we're going to be talking about much of the same things because what has happened. So I think <clears throat> for the people who listen to this every week, we also have to look at a different aspect of the White House also now. We have to look at the alternative strategies that America uh, is going to have to employ. I think we're going to have to look at who are, because I don't know who they are, and I, it's what I want you to do, who are the Democratic names who four, three years from now are going to stand a chance in a, in a campaign against Trump? Because it can't be Elizabeth Warren, so, mm. so who is it? And anyway, who is Elizabeth Warren? Okay, I also think we have to look at how the American system will work uh, with a Trump in the White House, and what is what is a um, and he won't be the first president who couldn't control Congress. So how does he work? Let's assume he works, and he's got three and a half years left. How does he work through Congress? I think these are the big questions that you and I also have to be looking at in mm. the coming weeks. Uh, it's unprecedented. It's Adrian Collins, our White House watcher. It's available to you on newstalk.com forward slash high noon and, of course, on iTunes. Do subscribe.